episode and uh what a bunch of feedback that was awesome yeah that was heavy for sure oh, it's good people are engaged people are very interested in this topic and it was awesome quite to, engaged to get to talk to pastor ian and after reading so much of the comment pages i had to <laughs> unwind on the way here i was so wound up and now i'm hopefully bringing my blood pressure back down yeah, so in, a, in a calmer uh, state <laughs> hopefully so yeah i think first off it was just uh it was it was awesome to have an honest conversation about this this important topic with with Pastor Ian. Um, yeah, my previous to this, there's obviously been a lot written about it and and a lot of discussion on it, but uh, none that we'd really seen, at least from our sort of like Canadian Reform perspective, at least in uh, in the podcast form. So that was kind of cool yeah. to do that. So yeah, I think the long form um, helped. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, definitely bounced things off each other, and I think most people appreciated that. And uh, yeah, I think some be, good feedback on that, people so. also got an opportunity to kind of see, okay, like what was the missional church movement about or what is it still about? What are they trying to accomplish and, and what's going on specifically at Mercy? And yeah, I mean, I hope it, it helps provide a venue of, of understanding. And yeah, like Pastor Ian said, we can try to build some trust and, but also not be afraid to, to take some healthy criticism and constructive criticism as well. So yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I really appreciated that, that the both sides were kind of heard that the traditional churches could teach a missional movement something and a missional movement can teach a traditional church something. And, and I think we went back and forth and, and kind of flushed that out a little bit. And I think, I think that was really helpful. Yeah. For me. You definitely, you need a balance of both. And, and yeah. but you know, we live in a changing world as, as we talked about a lot on the podcast yeah. in that episode. So these are, yeah, these are realities that we have to confront. So I think pastor, you sure. a lot of very good tips and, and, uh, not not tricks per se, but just strategies and, and ideas for how to do mission yeah. in 2020. And there's North lots America. for people to learn outside of his direct context too. And I think that we brought out some of those things at least. And hopefully going forward, the discussion continues and people continue to learn. Yeah. It was also very encouraging to hear him talk about keeping the gospel, the solid gospel, the full gospel at the center mm -hmm. of, of what they're doing with the missional church. Um, cause yeah, yeah, like you said, you know, we can't, they can't water down the gospel you got to, you have to preach sin and salvation Yep. and otherwise you're, you're not actually offering anything of substance in a world that so desperately needs something of substance and yep. needs saving. So there was some really good quotable lines that came out of there. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had the yeah. one little clip that we, we pulled out there, but you know, as he, as he talked about, I think this was worth just going over. There's a verse he referenced two Corinthians uh, 15, where he talked about the gospel being uh, sweet to those who, who love it and, and not so sweet to those who don't. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'll just read that here. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 15 through 17. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are an aroma that brings death, to the other an aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity as those sent from God and a quote. Mm -hmm. So that was, yeah. Yeah. I think it speaks really well to what the missional church movement is trying to do with bringing more people in and then showing them, you know, this sweet aroma that you know, can also be theirs too. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's definitely the blessing side of it. And then also the curse side of it too. Sure. Um, yeah. So this is a feedback episode. So one interesting thing, uh, I mean, there was a lot on Facebook. There was whew, tons of comments. So, I mean, most of it I think was, was fairly productive too. So that was encouraging to yeah. see. So uh, yeah, just shout out to all the, the listeners and, and thank you for engaging. And yeah, we had some really long engagement on this one and people really took the time to sit down. So we really appreciate that uh, long form responses too. Cause you know, we're in a long form 
So we should give you a long form format to yeah. We'll try to, to we'll try to give you what what we think and then some just interesting comments we pulled out of of these various debates and emails we received and stuff. So one sure. um, kind of debate I, I saw going on that was interesting was who is the church for? Is it for believers or unbelievers or or something in between? Is there a type of healthy tension there? Yeah, I saw one uh, one listener point out on Facebook. He pointed to 1 Corinthians 14, where, where Paul writes about the, the presence of the unbelievers in the yep. church, assuming that there will be some unbelievers gathered there, Yeah, which, fair enough, that, that's a that's a fair reference there. But I also uh, noticed in verse 26 of that same chapter. Yeah, I got it right here. Yeah, go ahead if you want. What then, brothers, when you gather together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. So, and I think your the translation you had here was... Um, let all things be done in the church that we may build up. And yeah. so, yeah, that, that just speaks to that. It's like um, all things to be done to enhance, to enrich, and to assist the members, but then also not forgetting the well, other to, to build up the church, which is, which is going to, you know, I, I, I mean, this is my opinion. I'm not sure if, if people agree on this or not. So I'll just, I'll be honest. Like the church consists of the believers, but then mm-hmm. we also have to recognize that there also are unbelievers that come in as well. Yeah. So the church is built up by uh, those unbelievers coming to faith, you know, as, as we believe as God predestined. So yeah. we need to be aware of that and we need to be making sure that, um, you know, they're able to understand the message, but yeah. also, yeah, at the same time, not watering it down. Yeah, for sure. So you need to be fulsome. Uh, but understandable, yeah. and that seems to be there seems to be a need for a healthy balance there, which which Pastor Ian acknowledged too. Yeah, I came across a, a, a little uh, saying, maybe help help remember it. Um, it was on a different podcast. They said the church is reaching the lost and teaching the reached, and that kind of sunk in for me. Something easy to remember. So mm-hmm. um, teaching the lost is like, yeah, you're bringing people in, and that's that really is a focus to to bring people into the gospel, to show them, you know, the salvation that they can have. And then teaching the reached is like, now, okay, now once they're reached, now it's, it's not the same as reaching it's, it's teaching. So it's deepening it's, it's going down right. to the, the meat, the solid food of the gospel. Well, actually, it's funny you say that. So there's another, I saw a cool little quote uh, or a little comment from another listener on Facebook. And uh, I just had to share it here. Uh, beginning of the quote. Even the mature among us need a glass of milk with our meat and potatoes. End of quote. So that I think that just yeah, encapsulates it quite well. It's fast. That's it's, you know, I mean, <laughs> we, yeah. If you're in the church, if you grow up in the church, if you feel like you're a mature believer, um, you know, at, at certain times in your life, you you do need to hear the simple gospel again too. It's, yeah. it's, it's it's and this it's, speaks it's to somehow that, always yeah. refreshing. It speaks to that healthy tension, right? That we talked about with Ian. That that when you have a missional church, then. It's not you're not watering down the gospel, but you have to make it accessible, and so that turns into a gospel that is preached as as milk to those who are new to the pew. And then, you know, you also need the meat and potatoes. So it's like you know, you're having your meal as a believer, but you also need that you know that nourishment, that that milk every now and again to to remind you just of the the fundamentals, very, the fundamentals, yeah, yeah, the basic. And, and then, of course, like, like we talked about too, his experience in Papua New Guinea, like that's yeah. going to be different uh, based on your context too, and, and who mm-hmm. you're preaching to. So, I think yeah, that's going to be every something every pastor and missionary has to wrestle with, and yeah. make sure they're serving both both their members, and then also uh, and also the the new potential new believers who who come to church as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, another cool quote I saw in in one of our commenters too was. Uh, 
Here's the beginning of the quote. To imply that some churches are non-missional is like removing the wheels from a car, end of quote. So again, just showing that mission or, or as Pastor Ian uh, also defined it, is gospel mm-hmm. is, is obviously just core and central to the church's, um, <laughs> I was going to say yeah. missions, but the church's purpose, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, we often, I think the, a lot of the discussion uh, revolved around pitting the traditional versus the missional. And I think that's not always right. Like the, what it means to be reformed. And I suppose some would say that would be a traditional, um, from the basis with the traditional, the church came from, I guess. Um, you have to remember that the reformed is not, shouldn't be pitted up against what the, what the word missional means. Mm-hmm. Um, they shouldn't be one or the other. It shouldn't be one leading to another shouldn't be you have to be missional first in order to be reformed it shouldn't be you have to be reformed and then be missional it's right well you know it's both and yeah the reformed church is is the church uh, and yet according to to scripture yeah and to that like removing either aspect i guess is like removing the wheels from the thing right yeah like so yeah yeah, yeah. you could even say the engine like it's it's that that fundamental so i thought i thought that was another interesting quote so Mm. thank you again to all those who who commented and engaged online that was appreciated Another, uh, this is a bit of a longer one, but I think is worth just sharing with with the rest of the listeners who may not have seen it um, on trying to define uh, what the missional church is, um, because it it seems to be such a slippery term. So I'll I'll just read this one and share it with you guys as well. So a missional church is different in its intentionality and approach. Often the task of evangelism in the church is left to a few, or it is assumed that people will find ways to do it themselves. The missional church seeks to make it the task of each believer to participate in their own unique and gifted way. Often the approach as has been just to open the church doors and invite people in, but the missional church goes beyond that and actively brings the gospel in word and deed to the streets with the end goal of bringing the people through the open doors of the church. In many ways, the members of a missional church are trying to think and act like missionaries in their own communities. This, I think, according to the listener, represents a shift in thinking about how the church fulfills its missionary mandate in its own context. And I think, again, listener, is what some of the missional churches in our federation are working toward. So, uh, yeah, it seems to be, this is the end of the quotation, obviously, it seems to be a, a much more, or a, at least a somewhat more intentional going about a mission in your daily life. Right. Yeah, well, I guess we'll get into that a little bit later. We wanted to touch on that quite a bit, um, what that looks like exactly. But I guess the mission, I guess it goes away from the program, programmatic, mm-hmm. the program-oriented style that I think many of our churches are used to and and challenges it a bit, which what Ian is doing in, at Mercy and kind of what he described was like, they're going into more of a relational. relational and I guess that has to be intentional about like, you're leaving your house every day to go to your job. And part of that is to create those relationships. I think that's, there's something there, you know, to be learned from everybody. Even, totally. even all of us who have been preached um, to our whole lives that you live out your faith seven days a week. And this is just like, this is how we, we show it. Yep. It's, yeah. it's trying to be a little more uh, concerted, I guess, in, mm-hmm. in our efforts in that direction. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that was a very, uh, uh, yeah, just well put or a yeah. well thought, well thought out comment. So. Yeah. Which is, which Again, is nice, refreshing. But it's, it's, um, it's. I guess in the comment, it's it's more than just opening the doors of the church. That's yeah. I think kind of the the 
bones of this argument. It's like, don't just say our doors are open because saying that doesn't do anything mm. um, or does less now than it used to. You so know, you need we also to... talked about the context of post-Christian and stuff like that. Yeah, so you so, need to go out and be intentional in forming relationships and, in and, and order hopefully to, to, yeah. to bring people. It's to not church. like when you open your doors, people just flood in. Right. You have to go out and get them and <clears throat> yep. drag yep. them, possibly kicking and screaming. Okay, uh, one more comment I thought I would uh, share with you guys as well. Um, this was from another user on, on Facebook who had listened to the podcast. So here, here goes the quote. There is more than one way of outreach. I think we should give each other the room to try different ways. Edmonton is looking for an evangelist. Manitoba has a church plant in Niverville. There is a flourishing outreach among the Chinese in the lower mainland in BC. There's outreach in the Brampton area in Ontario. Blessings and mercy are focused on the inner city of Hamilton. Not everything is done in the same way in every area. So what? Some adaptability is needed in each circumstance. Let's pray the Holy Spirit blesses all these efforts. So once again, I think that's, I think personally, that's, that's a pretty fair comment. It's going to be mm -hmm. somewhat different based on your circumstance. I think some of the broader issues we talked about of, of balancing, balancing the preaching between believers and unbelievers and, and keeping the gospel uh, core and central in your mission definitely still apply. But I, I think there's some, there's some, some wisdom in that comment just to give each other some room to, to adapt to each circumstance and, and yeah, just, just trust each other a bit as, as Pastor Ian talked about. Yep. Yeah, I think it's it's a little more highlighted in the southern Ontario region where we where we are, and I guess the majority of our churches are um, as a Canadian form churches. I think it's it's maybe just yeah, I don't know about a majority, but substantial amount, substantial amount, anyways. Yeah. And and the way it's gone, um, I think it, it kind of gets into what we wanted to talk about too about the local church, and I think people feel that there's been some kind of exodus toward this movement which mm. is like i guess that's kind of you know where this kind of rift starts but it's yeah you can see the different contexts and then also just in every church like they're they're just naming cities here but like if you just said um a specific church in you know say carmen east carmen west sure. how are they doing yeah th things differently they, they are might they may be different different contexts i don't know much about carmen but um <laughs> but you know, say Dunville, Dunville's, you know, has a different context than their neighboring congregation of Adercliffe. Yeah, or Church in Toronto yeah. or something. And yeah. so everyone has their own context. And then I think this conversation at least went, went a ways to helping us understand each other and then helping um, understand how we can adapt a little bit in our own context. Right. So, but there is also, yeah, the, the issue of the local church, which honestly could be another episode in and of itself. Because um, <laughs> yeah. I think at least in our context here in Southern Ontario... Um, it was yeah, a long the, rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, well, for sure. But there was um, a lot of movement to, towards when blessings started, then obviously when mercy got started as well. A lot of people, I mean, it started off from a split from, from Cornerstone, obviously. So some of that was just natural, and, and mm -hmm. you got too big, so you had to make a new church, which is totally fair. Mm -hmm. But there, we did see a lot of movement, just people from surrounding churches who would, like, they don't even live in Hamilton, per se, but they'll come to the church because they, they mm -hmm. liked what they were doing missionally. Right. So... I think, again, I'm not an expert on this, so I'm not going to pretend to be, but I think there might be an issue uh, in terms of like, I, I think there may be a calling towards your local church. So I think that's an issue we might want to table for, for future discussion. And if listeners have feedback, let me know. And, yeah, and for sure. Some, some, I'm sure they will. Oh, but it's some uh, smarter people to come and yeah. talk about it as well. I think we can. Yeah. And and I think there were there were reasons why, you know, local churches were set up and, and that's, I say more of a traditional 
approach. Like, I don't think, I don't know that people our age, I would say our age, because I want to be younger. Yeah, yeah. Mr. People our age, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if people our age see those boundaries or the divide Mm -hmm. the same way as older people did, where they said, okay, I live in Smithville, I go to Smithville, I live in, right? And, and so you're following more of a, what kind of you're, church you're do following I like? your heart what yeah what what kind of or or to be fair know. like where they feel like and serve god the best sure um and i don't yeah i don't know if that's you know right or wrong but i think as as being or being part of a local church i think there's a role to be played there and and definitely as someone who's missional minded who's extroverted who's you know who is excited about this stuff there's so much that every local church needs and they need ideas they need you know, they need these well they need um, a diverse they need a diverse group which you get from a local area hopefully yeah, um right you get people from you know more introverted or more extroverted or or right. more in favor of traditional or missional and you can all learn from each other and, and hopefully come up with, with some solutions and, yeah. and and do well in sharing the gospel but if you if you have a church where it, it a lot of people have a similar mindset head towards then you lose that that natural diversity and that natural balance right. that you need, this is just my opinion again, so I want to table this for future discussion, mm-hmm. but that you need that to create a healthy church environment yeah. and, and to and to share the gospel in yeah. its more fulsome form. Yeah, I think on a broader scale, if you just say, from a local church, why do we talk about our, refer- or our, sorry, our federation? If we talk about our federation, then, you know, there's also something there that, yeah, it's, it's really good to have these diverse views that, you know, a missional church can help a traditional church, a traditional church can help a missional church. Mm-hmm. Those those things we still need to be working, you know, in brotherly love in order to to help each other. And then it it plays to uh, Ian's point. There needs to be trust. There needs to be, yep. um, you know, which I think something some of that's been lost. There needs to be a cooperative environment where he they he was talking about a conference where they had a lot of different uh, ministers and stuff. So yeah, okay. So uh, we're running a little low on time because we don't want to keep you guys forever on these feedback episodes. So two big questions we had. Um, kind of still going forward on this topic. Mm. And the first one, and, and a they listener... They kind of blend pretty much together. Oh, they definitely blend. But I think there's still <laughs> two separate questions. Is, yeah, and a listener sure. sent us a nice lengthy email on this, which was well thought out. First of all, is on the issue of of calling. And what does it mean to be called? And and the, this listener uh, made made the point in uh, the email that calling is is an action word. So mm-hmm. it is it is either done by a local church calling a mission, a missionary or a minister, or God calls us in scripture to to be holy or to follow Christ or to do his will. Um, so when people speak of being called to to mission work, um, he, the listener thinks that it's more of a vocational thing, unless you actually are the mi- missionary being called by the local church yeah. versus... Um, yeah, versus like an actual calling from God. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure completely how I feel on that. I mean, uh, I think there's there's definitely some interesting discussion to be had around the word calling, and if it's more semantics or is there a an actual distinction worth having here? Right. And I think that's something we should continue to raise in the future. But if if other listeners have feedback on that, I'd, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, it's an interesting discussion because I think the the word calling can be taken so many different ways, can be used so many different ways, and we use it all the time in our daily conversation. You know, I called you on the phone, but is that the same as? Well, know, yeah, I mean, that, right? that's it's, pretty obvious, but yeah. Right, but it's but it's something where, you know, um, you're called and told to do something. 
um, is that the same as as a as a calling from a church? I think we should have a whole episode just based mm-hmm. on this word vocation. Like, and we just calling. did mission. Let's do called yeah, calling. being or, but, or led by the spirit. Like are these all the same right. thing? Are there different categories there to discover and discuss? Right. So that's where I think it blends into the 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 next thing. Maybe we, I don't know if you want to jump right into it, but I think the um, the other point was that it, it seems as if we're saying all the members of a church, every individual mm-hmm. is called almost to be a missionary. So, or maybe just to be a missionary. So is everyone called to be pastor Ian in Papua New Guinea? Well, well no, I don't not. think everyone's called to go overseas, but is everyone called to be a missionary in their daily life? And then is your vocation really a mission or are you living out your vocation Mm-hmm. You know, living, yep, yep, yep. living the gospel yep. and therefore, you know, showing people. And yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's a bit of semantics, but it's, uh, well, no, no, no. Like that's an important point to make. So the, the distinction is either, uh, tr- traditionally it was your Christian seven days a week. And I know I'm going over some of the territory to be covered, but mm. I think the question still remains after the podcast. Traditionally reformed teaching is your Christian seven days a week. Um, you have a vocational calling in whatever job you have. And you are to uh, execute it faithfully, as that is a good witness um, to your neighbor. And then, if you have opportunity, share the gospel when you can, and, and you know invite them to church, and, and the Holy Spirit will will do His work. Yep. Now, uh, the missional church uh, takes that to another level and says, "Well, the vocational is is not just enough. Uh, you actually have to be much more intentionally missional in in your daily calling." Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether that's doing after hours missional uh, activities and, you know, visiting different apartment buildings and, and running different programs and, and, and doing it in uh, with a specific focus on relationships, mm-hmm. which, I, which I think is wise. Yep. I, I just wonder if that is the biblical calling for each individual member to be called to be that explicitly missional versus right. the kind of, um, let's say, bloom where you're planted sort of model. Yeah. Um, you know, it may seem like a small distinction and, and maybe maybe it is just a tweak like we talked about in the podcast. Yeah. But I think those kind of two positions need to be discussed more and, and hopefully we can get another mic and, and maybe get two ministers on or two, yeah. two other people to discuss I, well, this. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of places to go. I think that it, it kind of, maybe to, maybe to kind of bookend it a little bit, It's I came across um, another little phrase. Um, the danger is that we lose the awe and seven letters lost awe is like did we lose the um the excitement for the gospel did we lose something and then is a mission is the missional church bringing that back to life and i think we have to be careful as you know traditional churches say or you know as reformed believers that we're so we're so lucky to be um god has led us to a point where we have such an established church let's not lose the awe and let's not lose you know our are calling to also bring that to others. So it's more, more discussion needs to be had. more discussion. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> yeah. More discussion, which is, <laughs> might always be the answer, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, I it, hope so. I, I think overall though, just again, very happy to see the conversation happen and for lots of the great engagement we got on this very important topic. And yeah, I think we just yeah. encourage, we would encourage listeners just to keep having their own conversations and discussions with their friends and family. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously, again, do so respectfully as much as there you was, can. There was so much gracious conversation that uh, I think many people moved a little bit on their 
in yeah, the way they thought or, about it. Or at least just and, understood where, yeah. you know, traditional people are coming from or where missional people are coming from. Yeah. Or if you're somewhere in the middle, you you understand more from either yeah. end. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was really well done and or really, uh, really good conversation. So, yeah. So I think we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you have any more topic ideas, let us know. Stay tuned for future episodes coming up. And Should we introduce our next episode? No, nah, I think we'll leave it for now. Who knows when All we right. get it out. But, All right, uh, we'll blow it on social media anyways. Yep. So stay tuned for that, folks. Thanks for listening and keep having real conversations. Sounds good. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Real Talk. If you'd like to send us some feedback, you can email us at reformedrealtalk at gmail.com. If you want to find us online, go to realtalkpodcast.ca. If you're looking for us on social media like Facebook or Instagram, or if you want to find us in your favorite podcast app, just search Reformed Real Talk and we should come up. Uh, we look forward to your feedback as that is what helps us grow and improve as podcasters, podcast hosts. This show, Real Talk, is produced by myself, Lucas Holpelor, and Tyler Vanwood. Photo and video credits go to Tim Woodberg from Timeless Photography. Theme music was produced by Calvin Hunt. Thanks for watching. We hope you enjoyed and that you were informed and inspired. And please keep having real conversations. Till next time. Bye-bye.